now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Pretty cool show for you today. Uh, we got a special guest coming up to talk about a new film that's just been released, I guess, online and maybe around the world. It's a documentary about a classic airplane that got restored a few years ago. And, I, you know, both Dennis and I have watched the film. It's pretty cool. And we got one of the stars and creators of that uh, project coming up on Just Plane Radio. But first, we got to update our passengers accordingly. Do we not, Dennis? That is true. There's been some updates with the Bahamas. Uh, yes. It looks like uh, clearer heads have prevailed here, and uh, they have suspended this uh, onerous uh, customs process that they had put in place. Who would have thought that you know a customs application that was designed for import, export, and uh, you know large businesses wouldn't scale down to the general aviation pilot? Hmm. Well, you know, I you know you're a, a computer. Uh, tech in your real world job outside of your aviation duties and you know how these things can go south when they try to implement a new program that's you know uh, the the aim is to make things more streamlined streamlined and more you know portable easy and of course sometimes they jump the gun and they don't work as planned and that's what happened uh we talked about this a couple weeks on the uh, go on the show uh, and, and basically it was a typical Charlie Foxtrot situation that they <laughs> tried to implement and it, it just didn't go well. And so they backtracked, they put it on hold, uh, AOPA got behind a project or, or an effort, you know, Mark Baker was involved in all this stuff too, uh, with AOPA to let the Bahamas know like, Hey, you, you, you got to pull the reins back on this thing. Cause this ain't working. So they have done just that. You know, where it goes from here, we still don't know. I would imagine eventually they'll, you know, try to work out the bugs and get this thing uh, going. But uh, right now, it's I, I guess it's on a permanent hold, or that's all we know at the moment. It's right? an indefinite hold at this yeah. point. I mean, I hope that they do move forward with some sort of automation. Uh, yeah. yeah. Obviously, it makes a lot more sense than hand filling out forms and stuff like that. It would be really nice to just do it all online, know that your information is there, and be done. Exactly. But, yeah, we'll I mean, the, the, you know, the, uh, the their head's in the right place, or heart, I should say. <laughs> I think you're right on both. I mean, they, they, they didn't know use that their they head. need to do this. Maybe yeah. when they... <laughs> but implementing that on the, the weekend of a major holiday was probably not the best, and also the, the lack of notification and training was right. probably what really did it in. Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago, you know, I just made that comment that I think the people that were behind... Uh, health healthcare.gov were the same people that helped launch. No, I was joking. That was a joke, a bad joke, granted. But uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> it's I, a I'm, lot of the times it's those same companies that, uh, you know, would develop these applications for governments that yeah. have the experience to make the bids. Right. That's the ones that get in there. And that's how you wind up with these wonderful apps that are so easy to navigate and intuitive. Mm hmm. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, they haven't worked out all the bugs before they launch it. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll follow the progress. But uh, pilots' voices were heard, and they pulled back the rain. So uh, you know, things for pilots uh, getting over to the you know Bahamas now is still as uh, like it always has been. Great, good, and and fairly easy and less complicated than it was a couple weeks ago when they tried to launch this. But we'll monitor it as we do, as well as AOPA. And, uh, you know, you, you should be a member of them. They're doing a new uh, thing. They just announced this week a brand new effort that'll begin, I believe, July 1st. And they're going to do a private pilot uh, poker run. Uh, you know, this is a very popular thing in the boating industry. And, I, you know, we've heard about, uh, you know, I guess pilot clubs doing this maybe a little bit. But uh, this looks like a brand new thing as far as on a much, much bigger scale than has ever hit the private pilot community. And uh, I think it looks pretty cool. It'll go from like July 1st through, I believe, the end of September or beginning of September. And uh, you'll have to hit seven private uh, uh, airports that are on AOPA's list, I guess. Is that the deal or what do we Uh, know? It's pushing the use of the AOPA pilot passport program, which is built into the AOPA app. So you can just uh-huh. literally check in at seven public use airports that are in the app. Uh, so it's not like you have to go to a particular airport or fly to some AOPA event. You could do this in the course of your normal flying. Uh-huh. I could go up to okay. Orlando and go pick you up and get a check in there. And then we go to Key West. I get another check in there. Well, you check in, you get a card for your poker hand. That's part of your check-in. So Mm -hmm. you can, you can accomplish that. So you get uh, seven cards total, I guess. And and that's your hand. Yeah. Well, you're going to play. Don't you have to whittle it down to five? I think probably. No, they, they, they want, once a player has all seven cards in their hand, the player passport system will automatically choose the five best cards that will become the, the player's final hand. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, and how they pick the cards, it's just a random computer thing, I guess, huh? When you check uh, in on the I'm app. sure it's a big deck and, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't know that we get to see into it, but right. yeah, basically you, you earn your hand, they'll give you the, you know, the top five cards and then, uh, come, I think it's the first week of October, they'll be awarding the prizes based on the hands that you have and prizes will be, you know, Bose A20 headset, sweet, uh, Garmin pilot watch, mm-hmm. uh, Randolph AV cards, which is, uh, for, uh, like air, airplane sunglasses, uh, the year of, uh, I flight planner, AOPA memberships, things like that. So I like it. Yeah. yeah. That, that, you know, like I said, this is a very popular thing in the boating industry. I'm surprised, uh, you know, the aviation hadn't jumped on this sooner, but, uh, better well, late they than have, I'm, there's been a lot of small scale, uh, poker runs. I mean, I was just looking online just for comparison and they've got one going on in back in Minnesota. That's going to be, it's a grass strip poker run. And right. you, you know, you got to go fly into four different airports. You get your card, physically get a card. And then, you know, you wind up back at the starting point and, you know, you play your hand. So there's a lot of those types of events go on, but this is much larger scale because it's the mm-hmm. entire country. There's no defined, you got to go to this airport at this time on this date thing. So it really opens it up for more people to participate. Right. Yeah. It just encourages uh, more flying. And uh, I mean, actually, you don't even have to talk to anybody when you go to these airports, but we would encourage you to you know, get out of your airplane at the FBO, check in, talk to them a little bit, socialize. But uh, it's set up with this AOPA app where I guess you wouldn't even have to do that. So, uh, you know, you don't have to let everyone know that you flew into the FBO to, to get your card to, to play poker. 
because <laughs> you know if you do that more people that do that i guess the the less likely it is for you to win with your poker hand so i don't know if people will be playing that game a little bit too and just doing it on the down low again you know don't want to they don't want to show any emotion you know what i mean you can really get deep into this stuff dennis you hear what i'm saying yeah, I'm thinking that it's you're overthinking it though, because this is all going to be handled by the app. You know, your card gets handed to you. You really don't get to. Oh, I got three kings here. You know, right? That's yeah. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to tell everybody what your hand is at the moment, and you may not even want to tell them you're playing. Just, <laughs> but just that show is, up. yeah, just show. Just do it though. That's a good thing. AOPA is always doing cool stuff, and I think this is uh, right up. Right up there. So once again, July 1st, get all the info at AOPA.org. Uh, also, coming up next week, we hope to get the uh, the big cheese from Northern Pacific Airways on again, uh, or shortly thereafter. They just announced a big crowdfunding fl- uh, effort for the uh, airline that Dennis and I went out and, and saw the unveiling for a few months ago. That sounds pretty interesting, don't you think? Yeah, I like the idea that it's going to give, you know, the little guys an equal chance. You know, you see a lot of these big businesses launching these dot-com companies and, you know, it's it's the institutional uh, investors that are the ones that are able to, you know, get into these entry-level opportunities. And they're the ones that, you know, take all the cash and, you know, all of us little guys are sitting on the sidelines going, oh, man. I want a piece of that action. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, there, there, there may be an opportunity here for for the small investor to own a small piece uh, in the success of this airline. Yeah. Know? And Northern Pacific Airways, uh, their, their hub's going to be in uh, Alaska. Pretty interesting adventure that they got underway and plan to launch uh, with like eight planes by the end of the year. So we'll keep an eye on it. Maybe have the guy talk about this crowdfunding effort next week on the big show. Okay, more coming up. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Approach the great and powerful Rose. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Swirlings! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Swirlings! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great. But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Fly jets long enough, something like this happens. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. Yeah, Top Gun. Everybody's seen it by now, according to the box office receipts. We're going to have a little story for you a little later on about how they filmed that uh, blockbuster movie. But first, we got uh, something that's kind of along the same lines. Another film, a documentary that Dennis and I both saw about Miss Montana. This was an impressive uh, piece of work. Wouldn't you agree, Dennis? Absolutely. I mean, it reminded me of back in my youth when uh, the, the Discovery Channel used to have their Wings programming, and then later the Discovery Wings Channel, where they actually took the time to produce great documentaries detailing, you know, the history of airplanes or projects. And you know, unfortunately, with history, the Discovery Channel has kind of de- devolved, I guess is the word, uh, mm-hmm. into more reality content, which doesn't really meet any standard of reality. Yeah. So I kind of lost interest in it. But well, there has been, you know, this project restored my faith that there is actually good stories to be told out there. And, you know, for those of us that love airplanes, this was this was honest to God. Uh, I, I was riveted. I mean, watching a classic aircraft from World War II being restored and flying again after years in a museum, um, that's the kind of good feeling stories that we need. Yes, that I think uh, pilots can uh, relate to for sure. Now, the uh, website you can go to to get information on this is the Miss Montana movie.com website and that'll tell you how to get it on amazon and that whole thing and you can watch it yourself but we have brian douglas on just plain radio right now who's in the movie like chairman of the whole project he he did so much it's crazy but he's uh featured throughout the film and uh we appreciate him joining us on just plain radio today brian how are you I'm great. Thanks for having us having me on. Yeah, no worries. So uh, what was cool is that, you know, this project when it started, and the movie documents this whole thing, but uh, you really had a lot of stuff stacked up against you even making this uh, uh, project work in the first place. Is that right? We had no idea what we were up against when we started. That's sort of the, the irony and the beauty, I think, of the whole thing is none of us had ever worked on a DC-3, and we just jumped in and vastly underestimated what was eventually going to be required yeah and, and the ultimate goal was to refurbish this plane get it flying and have it participate in the d-day 75th anniversary celebration a, a couple years ago and you were actually on the plane not only was the odds against you even make this happen you got to fly that whole whole uh, big flight at the end of the the project right yeah it was an amazing experience uh, all of us that did it will never forget it it was a really the honor of a lifetime and experience of a lifetime to make two Atlantic crossings in a 75 year old airplane that had had six hours on new engines and props when we left Montana. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you came down to the wire 
the 10 months is what you had to plane, right? Uh, to, yep. to fix it up yep. in time for that, that event. And literally, like you said, six hours, uh, time on the engines. And then you had to cross the Atlantic and do that, uh, big crazy run. And, uh, yep. I mean, uh, you know, when you're doing the flight, knowing that all went into it and you know, I'm sure you felt comfortable with all the work that went into it, but was there a little, you know, butt cheek pucker factor when you're flying over the water there. I mean, it, that that really wasn't covered as much in the movie because no. it's more about the process of bringing it up to snuff. But I, I do kind of wonder about that. What do you think? Well, yeah, we get asked that a lot. And, you know, for pilots, you tend not to concentrate on that stuff. You do your planning, you do your preparation. And then if you spend all your time thinking about the risks, you'd never get off the ground. Well, good point. And we were fortunate. We didn't have any mechanical troubles on the whole trip. We had probably fewer mechanical issues than any of the other airplanes, even though we'd only been flying a week Hmm. and they'd been flying some of them for decades. So we were really fortunate that way, but you couldn't help but not think about it once in a while, uh, flying over the cold gray North Atlantic. There aren't many places to land if you need help. And uh, certainly rescue resources are a long, long ways away. Yeah. How, how did it feel on a personal note, knowing you're following that same flight path of these kids years ago that were doing this? I mean, you have a lot of time on your hands, I would imagine, uh, you know, going on such a long oh, yeah. trip, but, but is that constantly on your mind when you're flying that, uh, it was you know, on our mind on the crossing, but yeah. it was, it was more so I think on our minds on June 5th, when we did the, the channel crossings and paratrooper drops over Normandy, you just yeah. could not, not think about those 22, 23 year old captains and co-pilots flying in conditions far worse than we were with less training, less instruments at night and um, people should mind being shot at. Yeah, exactly. And then you get shot at (laughs) when you go feet feet dry in France. Mm -hmm. I I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but going back to the beginning of this, you know, and you, you cover this in the film and, it, and like I said, it's laid out really well. It's very well done. Uh, it is. very entertaining, whether you're in, you know, whether you're a pilot or not, I think you're going to find this documentary quite, uh, quite informative and, uh, entertaining for sure. But, uh, it, it basically started, uh, off as like, you know, you guys were together as pilots, uh, having a beer and. One thing led to another, and next thing you know, you're doing this crazy uh, project to rebuild an airplane like this. Is that right? Yeah, it was the craziest coincidence you could ever imagine. We were in Georgia picking up an old 1944 airplane, and Eric Kahnbrek and I went out to dinner the night before we came home. And in walked a a lady named Connie Bolin, who we didn't know, but uh, we were introduced to her, and she's a kind of a legend in the warbird world. Yeah. And she told us about the D-Day squadron and Eric looked at me and said, we got one of those, we should go with them. And so we talked about it on the way home and, and we're pretty sure it was impossible, but we came home, started talking to people and the interest and the enthusiasm just exploded. And it's really well, well portrayed in the film. And Eric Risto did a fabulous job of capturing sort of the, the suspense was real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we were the only plane that wasn't flying a year before D-Day and we were weren't flying two weeks before D-Day. Yeah. So we had we were the underdog of the group and and everybody was cheering us on. Well yeah, and you pulled it off. And like I said, it, the, it's it's just a really great story overall. And you had so much up against you. That's what was kind of yeah. interesting to see. I was like, I'm not sure how this is gonna end. We didn't well, either. In fact, that was one of our issues was None of us had ever flown a DC-3 before. Well, a couple of us had, but they weren't current. It had been years. So we had to figure out, well, how are we going to get a crew? We couldn't. There was nobody that would come 
volunteer and uh, fly our airplane because they weren't sure we were going to make it. Right. And they had other options. And so we had to roll our own for the crew and use homegrown guys from here. And we all got the training. I mean, all four of our captains got type rated a week before we left. And then you, you have Miss Montana, the artworks on the nose of the plane. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's covered in the documentary a little bit. But is there someone who really is that person, Miss Montana, well, the, or the, the artwork, the lady? No, yes and no. It's it's got it's actually got more I think relevance than that. Is Eric Combrick's grandfather flew a B twenty five in the Pacific uh, during the war, and the name on his B twenty five was Miss Montana. So when we found that out, used the exact name and font, found a little saucier girl, hmm. added the outline of the state, and she's holding something in her right hand, and that's a pair of four service smoke jumper wings because our plane was whole life it was it was a smoke jumper plane yes you know and all that is covered in the film you got to go check it out uh, missmontanamovie.com but go see it i think you're going to enjoy it immensely brian thank you so much for being on just plane radio and just thank you for sharing this adventure with the world it's cool stuff absolutely my pleasure and we got more coming up on just plane radio just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive imagine taking friends and family snorkeling surfing skiing shopping and more to exotic destinations imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Can I let you in a little secret? A secret? Just you and me? Sorry, that had to come out. Go on. I'm not going golfing. I'm taking my first flying lessons today. I always dreamed of being a pilot. Oh, Jay, that's fantastic. And I I totally get it. I had a crush on the pilot who flew the crop duster back home. He had big, broad shoulders and a deep, husky voice that, in retrospect, could have been pesticide-related. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so if you haven't seen Top Gun, man, you got to catch up with the rest of the class because the rest of the world sounds like they already have. Uh, Tom Cruise had the biggest box office smash in of his entire career. It's going to be like one of the top ten, if not top five movies of all time by, by the time it's done. And it's a great movie. Uh, whether you're into aviation or not, I mean, that's just icing on the cake if you are. Uh, but it's just a a good, feel-good action movie. Wouldn't you agree, Dennis? It was long overdue. Yeah. 
I mean, how how often do you go see a movie and people at the end get up and, and cheer and applaud? And that's I, what happened in my theater. Yeah, I, I can't think of the last movie that I've seen that, you know? Yeah, and it felt really good. I was like, you know what? I finally got my money's worth, <laughs> you know? It's been a long time, but yeah, that, it's just a great film. And, uh, you know, and, it, and it's all real, or at least most of it is real in the sense that they they didn't use all the CGI computer whiz type stuff. They actually got in these uh, fighter jets and had the actors fly around. Now, they didn't have their hands on the controls, I guess. they were totally, Allegedly. <laughs> yes. Right. But uh, but they were in the cockpit. They had to go through flight training, and I, I saw some of that. But you actually got some more background on how they uh, how they created this movie magic, right? Yeah, there's a, a couple of videos uh, circulating around the internet now, and some articles from uh, you know some of the behind the scenes on how they filmed this. You know, and we knew early on that they were using like uh, uh, a, a Czechoslovakian built L thirty nine little little fighter trainer jet mm-hmm. uh, with a camera on the nose. But what I didn't know is that they one of the film ships was also a Phenom, uh, you know, an Embraer business jet that has got a, a camera on a gimbal up in its nose. Well, there's some footage of this doing a low pass down the carrier deck when they were filming. There's three F-18s sitting on the on the elevators and along the side, and here comes a Phenom right down the runway, just like uh, just like Maverick, you know, got called the ball. Right. And, you know, that's pretty impressive to, to be able to do that in a business jet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so just seeing some of that kind of footage and putting things into a different perspective that this was, you know, largely shot in the real world using conventional cameras and techniques as opposed to computer generated everything, you know, right. obviously the, there's not a flying F 14. So they had to take a little bit of license for that. I won't give you away too many details, but still the, the practical effects side of things, you know, they really did a great job of filming it. It, it just impressive. And this is how they did it. You know, things like the phenom allowed them to do much longer flights, um, and especially out over water because they can fly more than, you know, 45 minutes before they have to come back and refuel like they would with a little fighter jet. So, mm-hmm. uh, really gave probably a lot burn of a little less fuel too, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, and, and, and they had a helicopter set up as well so that they could get those long panning shots and, and close up deals and things like that. But again, the helicopter doesn't have the range or the speed. So the, the business jet was really kind of a unique solution to this. So. Yeah. Now, uh, I think we've mentioned this before already, but the uh, YouTube videos of James Corden, is that his name? James Corden? Right? Yes. The late from night guy. The late, late show. Yep. Yeah. Him and Tom Cruise doing a little promo for Top Gun and he took uh uh, James up in a fighter pilot or a fighter plane. It is hilarious. So. Yeah. And, and that was the same type of airplane. It was an L-39. And in some of the footage, you could actually see that uh, that same uh, camera ship, the little uh, the little Lear, or the little uh, L-39 was in the background on a few of the shots you could see filming it. So, uh, yeah, they, they filmed that whole sequence for the Late Late Show the same way they filmed the movie. Yeah. So, so there you go. If you want some extra bonus footage, uh, look that up on YouTube, and uh, you'll be mildly entertained, I think. But yeah, just a good film. And, you know, it's great. All the uh, technical wizardry that went into getting those shots, uh, you, know, you know you see a good movie when you don't even think about it. It just it's just part of the story. You don't you don't get distracted like, oh man, how did they do that? It's just yeah. it, it's just yeah. such a good story all the way around. It just sucks you right into the whole uh, backdrop and you're just right there in the middle of it, of the action. I loved it. 
Yeah, it's a good time. You didn't have to suspend reality just to enjoy the show. Exactly. All right, so we have that, and then uh, there, there's another uh, couple stories we want to navigate through. One well, involves speaking of suspending reality. <laughs> yes, uh, you know this, this, this. It wasn't a film, but uh, they were trying to make viral videos. Uh, these uh, Red Bull guys, these Red Bull pilots that had an incident, uh, created quite a buzz in the industry and online as well. Uh, so what's the latest on that uh, update with that fiasco? Well, as you know, the, the plane swap didn't quite work out, and it was more of a plane plop, as right. they uh, they did wind up putting one of the 182s, uh, weren't able to get into it, went into a spin. Yeah, and one of out of course, two ain't bad. Uh. Yeah, 50-50. Uh, now, fortunately, you know, the pilots all... They had their uh, skydiving gear on and were able to, you know, land safely. Well, but. just just to back up, once again, they were uh, flying in these two planes, and the idea is they were going to jump out of each airplane and switch uh, as pilots. Correct. Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> air jump from one plane to the other and videotape the whole thing. Sounded like an interesting stunt. But that's pretty much what it was. And, and, it, and that's what it was, was a stunt, because yeah. there's a federal aviation regulation that the pilot in command must be at the controls and seat belted in. You can't do that if you're not in the seat or even right. in the airplane and skydiving between them. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that FAA, the Red Bull folks did actually um, appeal to the FAA asking for a waiver for the permission of this, you know, to be able to do this stunt. And the feds rightly replied back to him and said, no, we do not see any public benefit for this, uh, you know, activity. And therefore, it's denied. Right. But they what about our YouTube anyway. subscribers? They were expecting <laughs> well, us to do something to hey, get the numbers they, up. They, but to be honest, the YouTube guys were probably hoping for a crash, right? Yeah, I mean, well. that's generally how that works. Uh, well, they got what they wanted, um, but they went ahead and did the uh, did the stunt anyway without the FAA permission. And so, in light of what had recently come down with the with Trevor Jacobs and him bailing out of his perfectly good airplane right. just for YouTube video feed, mm-hmm. the feds came down and revoked the licenses of both of the Red Bull pilots as well. So, yeah. well, I don't, I, mean, I don't think this surprise. one. This one, uh, I, I really don't believe this one was intentional. I thought they could. They thought they could do it. I don't think they tried to mess this one up. I, no, I, I think this they one didn't totally try to mess it up. It. But the whole stunt served no practical purpose. Right. Well, not none that you know. Uh, you know, as far as the general public can benefit from. I mean, they were hoping to pull off the stunt and be heroes and like, hey, right, we did but, this. But and we what got value did that points. add to aviation as far as our ability Zero. to make airplanes safer? Great. You got an autopilot that can aim straight at the ground. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then they end up screwing the pooch. So <laughs> yep. uh, not only that, they, they made it uh, even worse because it didn't go well. And just pretty much highlighted the stupidity of trying to execute a stunt like that. And that sure didn't help, you know, pilots or general aviation in any any stretch uh, either. So uh, yeah. it, it totally uh, imploded on them. And, uh, you know, I guess you get what you deserve. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. But they've been grounded. And it looks like for an extended period of time. And it, I think they're going to have a tough time getting uh, getting their license back, wouldn't you say? Well, they'll be able to get it back, but they didn't just have it suspended, though. They were revoked. So right. they actually have to go back and retake their written test and go get the flight training and take a check ride all over again for every single license that they held if they want it back. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd have I'd have a tough time getting uh, back in the cockpit 
and uh, learning how to fly. But I think uh, I got to I got to wing up on these guys. So, and uh, we'll update you on my uh, training progress here next on the big show. Also, uh, Sweetwater, big musician superstore online facility that maybe you're familiar with. They're getting into aviation. We'll tell you about that next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Now go, fly, be free. Time for me to fly. I want set myself This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. Yes, I have made some progress on my flight training. We'll get to that in just a bit. But first, uh, Sweetwater, which is a major online retailer of musical instruments. I mean, I play a little guitar. I, you know, I fiddle with, with that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I and I have a few uh, instruments that I've purchased uh, purchased from them. I mean, everybody who's a mu- musician knows Sweetwater. They're massive, and uh, uh, ironically, they're they're uh, putting their toes in the aviation world, which shocked me. But uh, wh- what's the latest on this? Exactly. Well, it it turns out that Sweetwater was actually founded by a gentleman named Chuck Surak, and uh, his Surak Enterprises um, has not just Sweetwater, but also. Uh, Sweet Aviation, which does flight training and aircraft rental and charter flights, and Sweet Helicopters, which does the same thing for rotorcraft. He's got an insurance um, agency. Uh, they host uh, uh, rotors and ribs helicopter fly-ins in Indiana every year. So for him, it was probably a natural to just go out and buy a helicopter company. Hmm. Uh, See, so unfortunately, Enstrom Helicopters um, went out of business. They filed for Chapter 7 liquidation earlier this year after 64 years of continuous operation. So uh, Sweetwater thinks he can, there's, there's definitely some uh, value there in that helicopter to be able to produce it. And he's got the flight school and the business and the charter. So, you know, he's diversifying. So well, he's got all ends go. of it. Well, so it, wait, is that the, uh, the new owner of Sweetwater or the, uh, the original owners of Sweetwater? Because it, Sweetwater was just sold like a year ago. And uh, that was a big deal in the, you know, music world. Well, according to the article I'm reading, Indiana-based Surak Enterprises announced Friday that it, it acquired Enstrom Helicopters. So Surak um, was founded by Chuck Surak, who was found uh, founded Sweetwater. So okay. I don't know well, what they, you know, maybe they mer- you know were merging with somebody else or acquired something right. else or something well, that's what it, when I say but, uh, sold, yeah, that's what it was. It was a merger. So the original guys that owned uh, Sweetwater merged with another company, and now they got. Obviously, probably more financial backing with them, and they're they're you know dabbling in the aviation world. I, I you know I would imagine I, I'm going to say it's a good thing. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. 
I mean, I don't think they're going to open it up an online retailer like Sweetwater for aviation. I don't think we got to worry about that. I think that would that would could create uh, some disruption uh, in the industry that we don't need. But if they're buying up uh, helicopter companies that are were going out of business and stuff, it sounds like he's just doing what he can to keep some good businesses going, maybe. Well, and, and uh, you know, the Enstrom helicopter has been around for a long time and they make, you know, turbine and piston versions. So uh, there's definitely a market for that. Um, even if it, maybe there's a possibility of converting it to a drone too. You never know. I mean, you they're doing know. a lot of crazy things, yeah. but you've got an aircraft manufacturing business, a trained workforce. So right. it makes it a lot easier than trying to start something from the ground up. Well, so Sweetwater's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it has been on my list, Dennis, to go up there and visit their headquarters. So they ha- they do have quite a facility if you want to go look at guitars and drums and well, God knows what else. Hopefully they'll be open to the public, unlike uh, Fender guitars in uh, Corona, California, when we were out there earlier this year. Yes. Well, I mean, they have a facility in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana that is is massive. It's a campus. It's, it's kind of like the Apple of musical gear. So, yeah. Uh, it's that's exactly what it's designed for. The, the place we went to in Corona, California was Fender's factory. So they don't usually let people in, but sometimes if you hit them at and the especially right, not us. <laughs> yes. Well, they, they didn't then when we were out there because of uh, coronavirus, but they do have a tour that you can supposedly do. But I don't know. Maybe we'd be, we'd be better off going to Fort Wayne now. And going there, then we'd see all the instruments. We know the the guys that are running the place. You know, they have an aviation connection. Maybe they give us a free helicopter uh, helicopter ride to boot. You know? That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another thing to add to the list. Uh, or maybe just, I don't know, Fort Wayne, Indiana from uh, Orlando or Fort Myers. That's a pretty I'm good. Already looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's that would be quite a uh, cross country, wouldn't it? No, not really. I mean, really? it's uh, almost uh, almost a halfway stop to Air Venture. Oh. I, I, that's where I'm starting. You know, I'm thinking that way. You know, okay. No, well, actually, not quite. It, it's it's a little bit farther north than that's that. That's what I was, was going to think. That, that that'd be a bit of a haul. But I know I'm thinking for my flight training when I get it back in the yeah. airplane, it'd be too long for a, a long car, cross that's country. A bit of a long cross country. Yeah, yeah, you only need a you know what 200 or 150 mile cross country. So yeah, Fort Wayne's probably a little bit too far for you. Right. But uh, I have made some more progress on my flight training. Uh, we're still waiting for the FAA to get back to me to let let me know what I got to do on my special issuance as far as uh, to get my third class medical certificate. But it's in the works. Uh, we're on FAA time, which is you know for every every hour is like seven hours in real in the real world or something. One like, days like a week, basically. Aids. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but we, we'll uh, we'll hear from them eventually. And then they're going to tell me, like, okay, uh, yes, we, we're aware of your heart surgery you had, like, six years ago. Uh, we're going to want you to do this stress test, this, this, and this. And that's what we're waiting to get back from the FAA as far as my particular uh, situation. But in the meantime, I've been going through my Sporties uh, ground school course. I made some more progress on, uh, on, the, on that part. And... Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, we're just going to have to see how it progresses, but might be able to get in a plane here in the next few weeks. It's hard to say. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to at least be till uh, July or so, you think? 
or is it up well, to just me? a matter of us getting together you know i, I can find an airplane we can yeah, well you and i could go fly in the mooney and you know you could be logging the time in that you do not need your medical to do some of the dual stuff yeah okay so, well you know i guess but it's we up also to you, could then. be looking we also could be looking around and talking to uh, captain keith and see if there's uh, a possibility that you and i can uh, just rent one of the 172s at uh, right at FT pros and, and go out and have you actually, you know, start learning again back in an airplane that you'd probably take your check ride. In. True. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to him lately about what the uh, wet cost is, but I'm guessing that uh, cost has went up. Uh, uh, I'm guessing the with, the, with the current cost of uh, fuel prices. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, here in the Fort Myers area, it's anywhere from $6 and 50 cents a gallon um, at taco Tuesday. All the way up to ten ninety nine. If you went into the international airport, wow! Yeah, that uh, it's Taco a, it's Tuesday a <laughs> sounds much better better than the international. Yeah, is that where you're usually getting your fill ups these days? You're waiting and doing it once a week, or what are you doing? Um, I try to. Um, you know, I'll save that ten cents by going and flying the airplane for an hour. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, Pagefield and Naples actually uh, have got some pretty a uh, pretty aggressive pricing as well. Although with Naples, I have to be careful now. They just uh, changed their policies. They're no longer allowing you to refuel after 9 p.m. in order to uh, cut down on noise complaints. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that'd be another reason just to wait till Taco Tuesday, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an excuse to go get a taco, you know? Right. And go socialize and hang out with the other pilots. And Yeah. yeah. Have you even been uh, seeing the, the fuel prices creep up like they are for gas? Are they, oh yeah, no, there there definitely, definitely are. It's not as it it doesn't swing as quickly mm-hmm. um, or as widely as automotive fuel does. You know, because you can go uh, one day and then the next day it's up forty cents or sixty cents. And right, takes months to come back down. Aviation fuel isn't purchased as frequently, and there's generally a much larger markup on it. So the retailers, you know, are typically the cities. So, you know, they'll buy a load of fuel and it's in the ground at this cost. And so they're going to continue to sell it till they have to get more. And then they'll adjust the price when they get the next delivery. Right. Well, are you using an app like a gas buddy for aviators? So ForeFlight is actually really good at that because you can actually within ForeFlight enable um, a fuel price layer within the map. And it shows you the current cost at all of the airports around. So you can just take a look and very quickly. And it's usually pretty up to date, too. But is there one that says, hey, this is the number one uh, cheapest gas in the entire state of Florida? No, there, there's not. A, well, I mean, there's not a gas buddy specifically right. for airplanes. Well, start creating it. And Dennis can do this kind of stuff. It could happen. So you have your mission. We'll leave it at that for now. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) 
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 